What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love to talk about the movies and television shows that accompany those universes. And last week, we had a big movie premiere in theaters, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We all went on opening night and saw it, as we do with almost every Marvel movie that comes out nowadays. It's tradition at this point, and this was no different. We were there, we were excited, but this time I feel like we were excited for more reasons than one, because it feels like, at this point in time with the MCU, it's gotten a bit stale, I guess, as you could say. A lot of their product has been mediocre as of recent times, and James Gunn has now switched over to DC, so there was a lot of things that were up in the loop, but Guardians of the Galaxy has always remained consistently entertaining. Even the holiday special entertained all of us. So, we were very much looking forward to it. We saw it. We are here now to give you our thoughts. Me, Ben Rayside, co-host of this podcast, Ethan Wetzloff. And uh, Mike Hutt. We're all going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Just our quick thoughts. This is probably not going to be a huge hour-long podcast. But we do want to give our thoughts on it because, boys, I think we were all pretty impressed with Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. Volume 3. No, I'll shoot this to Ethan first. What do you think? Uh, are we doing spoilers? Are we in spoilers right now? Uh, yeah, you know yeah. what? Yes. I'd say spoilers. Yes. All right, spoiler alert for all you guys listening. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um... Like you said, the MCU has felt kind of stale. And while we we have hopped on this podcast and we've defended movies like uh, Multiverse of Madness and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, while we do defend those, we can all agree that those are not up to the par that we love the MCU to be. But this movie definitely is. It definitely is. It's got a lot of heart, got a lot of uh, just character moments. And it is. It's James Gunn doing what James Gunn does. And... What this does is it closes the chapter on the Guardian story, but it leaves it open just enough. But I, I, I thought it was great. The great emotional journey. I uh, was getting all the feels that I used to get when I would sit down to watch mm. a Marvel movie. It definitely felt back to formula. And the all the ads were saying that this is the best since Endgame. And I got to agree. I do think that. I know No Way Home came out. <laughs> In between that time, but I like this better than No Way Home. I do. Whoa, back it, to it's formula. O- o- back to formula. It's <laughs> overall better movie than that. I'm excited to talk wow. about it. I'm ready to hear your thoughts too. Okay, that might may or may not be a hot take. No Way Home, very much loved. Okay, okay. Yeah. Mike, are you as hot on this movie as Ethan? In a time in the MCU where we are seeing, like you said, so much, so many stale movies, in a time where we're in the middle or in just the beginning of uh, so many new character arcs that we don't even know where they're going. It's really refreshing to finally get the first real conclusion we get on just one portion of the MCU. The only thing closest to it that I can think of where we close out a trilogy or a series of movies or anything like that is Endgame. Hmm. We don't have a close, we don't get closure in any other franchise than. Guardians. Yeah, and even Endgame, there's still some setup in there for future titles. And there is with Guardians 3 as well, but we close out so many stories. We can say, okay, I would be fine if we don't return to any of these characters. Like that, I'm fine with that. I texted you guys, I think the next day, I'm like, yeah, I think uh, I think I could die a Marvel fan right now and be content with what we have with 
the greatness that is the Infinity Saga, and then wrapping up the story with these characters. Definitely. I would love them. I'm, I'm content where we are. Even before Daredevil comes out? Even, which, uh, who knows when that's coming out now. Right, the writer's strike is slowing Daredevil Born Again down. Mm. So yeah. I'm a little upset about that, but writers got to get paid. Gotta Absolutely. Pay yeah. Speaking of writers, James Gunn. But go ahead. Yeah, speaking of writers, no, yeah. our host. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I do not have the talent nor the uh, motivation. You're not getting paid enough. Go on strike. That's fine. Oh, there you go. <laughs> We're going no, on a I, podcast yeah. strike. We don't get paid enough to do this. We don't get paid anything at all. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> I would just like, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you guys. This was fantastic. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say that it was better than No Way Home, but I it's will say that it is definitely probably one of the best products that we have in recent years like this this is fantastic is guys. it better than morbius no nothing what that doesn't even <laughs> we're what? building a series of movies yeah, i'm gonna say the hot take i i uh, like it better than morbius guys i'm gonna say it get out right now <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> but what about this movie makes it so no. great we're talking very like vague around it but what what for you guys really solidified this as a good addition and a good capper on the trilogy. I loved the heart that they put in this movie. The the perspective that we get from Rocket that they've been holding out on us this whole time. It's always been hinted since the beginning. They're like, all right, I, I was torn apart time and time again. You know, I'm not a raccoon. I didn't. I wasn't asked to be born. It was always one line, two lines in a movie. But now half the movie is about Rocket. Right. Three quarters of this movie is about Rocket. The whole plot circles around how Rocket is in pain and needs help. Mm. Love that about Yeah, this. and James Gunn has always hinted that he viewed Rocket as the secret protagonist of this series, and he says that the main reason he came back to finish his trilogy out is because the open end that he left this character after Volume 2 and after Endgame. Hmm. He's like, I have to come back because I have to tell this story with this character. Which is such a great testament to how good James Gunn is and how much he cares, not about the politics of the whole Hollywood film artistry. He really just cares mm-hmm. about the characters. And mm-hmm. that's why all three Guardians films are as solid as they are. It might be the best trilogy in the MCU. Yeah, and James Gunn has said that the, as far as what Kevin Feige made him restrict, it was very minimal in all three of his movies. First one, a little more so because it was his first go at things. But... As far as like director having a vision, this is clearly like the trilogy to where a director got to sit down and just craft his movies. I mean, how can we say this isn't the best trilogy? It's the only part in the MCU that makes Howard the Duck canon besides Endgame. <laughs> That's 100%. We got to right document this moment. It's the first time Howard the Duck has reappeared on our podcast since the famous... Uh, how are the duck podcast? Yeah. The OG. the OG. You know what? At the end of this, at the end of the Marvel movie marathon, I should say that we're doing, we should really take a tally and figure out which trilogy is the best. I know you're keeping track. I of thought that. you were going to say how many movies Howard the duck is in, <laughs> which would but yeah, be I four. am. I am checking. Three, I have a, five, a list actually. here where it's got all of the, uh, all of our trilogies, all of our quadrilogies. Cause there's a couple of those too. Yeah. And uh, we're going to rank them. We're going to keep track of that. But this might be the best one out of all of them. Captain America might also be there. Spider-Man, depending on Spider-Man where we get there. Spider-Man is our top one right now that we've gone yeah. through in our podcast. The Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. Yes. 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 
Homecoming trilogy is also pretty good, but this one certainly feels like it's just the most consistent with tone. Each, all three of them, like we we were talking about James Gunn, like uh, Joe and Anthony Russo talked with him and made sure that it was okay with James Gunn for them to kill Gamora in that movie. Like that's how much he had control over these characters. And you can tell because at the end of this, you do get the end of this Guardians team. They're gone. Yeah. And James Gunn has hinted that while he was cool with the Gamora death he like was kind of on board with doing it in the second one he was was pretty cool with them doing it in infinity war but what i think he's in it he hasn't said it directly but he's not really fascinated or uh excited with the way that they wrote star lord in infinity war mm. and i i went back and i rewatched star lord season infinity war very funny love him in infinity war but he is written more as a kind of a doof it was more of like a, a Chris yeah. Pratt in Parks and Rec. Right. Than yeah. And Star Andy Dwyer. Andy yeah. Dwyer. Mm. Interesting. That's so, something that I also like about the Guardians movies is that they're so unique. They're themselves. They're, they're separated almost entirely from the rest of the MCU. The only major plot point that I can think of that goes back into the trilogy of Guardians movies is that Gamora's dead. Right. What else goes back into it? It is I very so, other than that huge <laughs> the fact that Gamora dies, that huge thing. It is very self-contained. I think you can It could you, have been just like a breakup and an right. amnesia that you can write it off as in Guardians. I'm kind of wondering how will it play where if you sit down, you watch Guardians One, Guardians Two, Infinity War Endgame, and then Guardians Three. Is that just like I think if I was thinking about this earlier, if I had to only pick a group of characters to watch their movies and throw everything out. Guardians. It wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the Iron Man films. Wouldn't it wouldn't be, be Cap. It would be the Guardians yeah. movies. Just because I think just the streamline of them and what James Gunn has really been able to do has been amazing. And we'll I uh, I hope we can dive into it more right now. But just what the work a character work he's done with a raccoon and a tree and the aliens. I don't even know what species they are. Like uh. Ben, you you said walking out of the theater, like man, I I'm surprised with how much I liked Mantis and Nebula. Would you like to expand more on that? Yes, they had. It was just something about the way that they portrayed emotion from these characters. It was more than we've ever got them before, and those two great actresses, by the way, they have great characters. And if you play with those, this was the most that they got play. Except I I think Mantis got a lot to do in the holiday special, but I think their scenes playing off of each other because they were in a lot of scenes in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and there was a lot of arguments on whether Mantis was even worth it on mm-hmm. the team and Nebula was sitting there like you're an idiot you're stupid you're dumb it's like you can't you're not useful to the Guardians team what purpose do you serve here and she throws it right back in her face and is screaming and yelling in those scenes I think there's like three of them in the movie that are just and that, that the movie's chock full of that I'm not talking just between those two even though they were a standout for me but screaming and not screaming and yelling but getting emotional like Gamora saying I don't need to be this for you to Star-Lord and she's kind of right, right because to her she's never met Peter Quill. And that that's my question I have to you guys. How did they handle that aspect of the movie? Because you have to tell a story between a guy who is 
and and us as the audience who has grown up with those two is a in a relationship right and now this same person but not really yeah i think they handle james gunn handled it perfectly <laughs> he handled it in a way to where yeah this is a character that we do like but the gamora that dies in infinity war very much that gamora is dead and i like rolling with that i like the idea of death is death right and you can't just resume where things left off. I think the clearest example of this, which I'm not mad about this in any way, but Loki, we get Loki. Loki dies in Infinity War also. Then he comes back in Loki, and he's kind of just, they uh, flash forward and get his character where they need to go, which I don't hate, but I love that James Gunn didn't do that with Gamora. Mm. It's like, this is very much a different Gamora. She's lived a different life. She has different experiences. We have to just handle this right and make sure that she she wouldn't just hop in a relationship with this guy. All she knows is Star-Lord is just a kook, kooky nut job, right? But they handle it. He handles it so well, and I love the way that those characters end up. She's like, I, I bet we were fun. Oh, mm. yeah. I was going to mention that scene if you didn't, and he's like, oh, you wouldn't believe it. That scene, I think out of all the scenes in the movie, I don't want to talk about them, hit me the hardest. Literally me. Literally me. Like <laughs> Literally it, me but, moment. But he literally was just, he was sitting there like, oh man. <laughs> I know. That scene is so, so good because you're sitting there. like it's tragic. Ima- imagine you yourself being in that situation to a girl you loved for years and now she's gone and died and you had to deal with that. And now she's back, but with a, but she's different now. Like that, that would be insane. My wife posed that question to me on a walk and it was like, what would you do if I was just gone? And I was like, I sat there and thought about it. I was like, holy <laughs> crap. Would you love me what? if I were a worm? It's a little dark. <laughs> yeah. Like well, those. Well, we were getting questions. that day. We were going to see guardians and we were talking about that yeah, specific element of the movie. How are they going to handle it? It's like the end of La La Land where <laughs> I've never they, seen that movie. Oh, well, at the end. All right. Well, Spoilers for La La Land. Don't don't spoil. I'm gonna watch it. Okay. I'm gonna watch it. Okay. But they imagine a universe <laughs> if they could. <laughs> oh, if okay. things worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Without spoiling it. <laughs> I think you did though. No, it's, that's okay. It's I think expected. I already knew that. Or oh, forget it. Actually, it was a Best Picture movie from like 2016. True. <laughs> yeah, true. Best Picture. There's a range. I think so. Holy cow. Anyway, movie that should win Best Picture. Guardians, Guardians 3. of the Galaxy Volume yeah. 3. Oh, I, don't, okay. I, I don't know if this is the best movie of the year, but it's well, certainly up there. Let me tell you, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the it is fresh with an 82 and an mm-hmm. audience score of 95. IMDb has it at an 8.4. 8.4. And Letterboxd is sitting at a 4.2 out of 5. It is hard to get a high score it on Letterboxd. It is the only That's pretty good. MCU movie, I believe, that has a higher than a 4. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On Letterboxd? On Letterboxd, yeah. Wow. Go to go to see what Infinity War and Endgame have. Really? Oh wait, wait, hold on. I have it on my spreadsheet. Woo-hoo. Oh, look at this. Well, my Mike has got it all. All right, so our letterbox spreadsheet: four point four into the Spider Verse is at a four point four. Logan is at a four point one. Infinity War four and No Way Home is a four. Those are all our four plus. Wow, No Way Home is a four. No Way Home is a four. But Boy. this is this breaks four. It's 4.2 yes. right now. Yeah, that's really and yeah, good. As more people see it, the lower that score will get. But, that means but. this is the second best Marvel movie, according to Letterboxd. Mm. Huh. And there's some tough nuts to crack. There are, <laughs> yeah. But something I want to talk about is just Chris Pratt in this movie. So a lot of the time, Chris Pratt gets a lot of hate on and off the screen. And people kind of say, 
Yeah, whatever. He's not really the best character, but I th- I thought he was great in this movie. Just the way that j- having James Gunn, like, uh, it's a common saying in comics that characters are only as good as the people writing those characters, and that's very much true with scripts and movies too. Mm-hmm. These characters are only as good as they are with when James Gunn is writing for them, and Star Lord is not. He's not my favorite character in this movie. I think Rocket takes the cake on that easily, but he he's just really well written. You see, like him trying to deal with the death of Gamora and he's just so like bitter and upset, which he is a right to be. Cause that's such a tragic thing to have happen to you. And I, I just love it. The performance from Chris Pratt, I thought was really good in this movie. And I mean, it's, it was great in the other two too, but this one, he played it with a lot more weight mm. and a lot you, more weight. You know what that surprised me in this movie? Craglin. I don't know. Sean Gunn. Yeah, yeah. Sean Gunn. I, I never thought that, um, I would be like rooting for this dude. <laughs> He's just trying to get the arrow to go, and we see him time and time again. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. You're a bad dog. And then, yeah, you're a bad dog. Oh, yeah, Don't yeah, call yeah. me bad dog. I am not bad dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. And then the the payoff. Where all right, you're a good dog. I always knew you were a good dog. Yeah, yeah and we're giving Sean Gunn credit. He does all the mocap for Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. James and Gunn, the facial. He said features that too. all the facial features and expressions from Rocket are from. Sean Gunn. Oh, so oh. we have to give him the credit for just that performance. One actor that I do want to ask you guys about is how do you feel about Will Poulter's performance? Mm. Yeah, this, this that is, was entirely opposite of what I thought Adam Warlock was going to be. Yeah, yeah, he very was, much. He was this a, is a half baked, um, not fully matured superhero, right? Or literally half baked. Yeah, yeah he was taken out of the oven too early. Mm-hmm. I thought as like obviously this isn't the Adam Warlock we know in comics and I haven't read a ton of comics. I know him from the infinity war storyline, which he's really a huge presence in that. So yeah, this isn't what I expected, but I kind of like where they take it because he is just kind of this dumb buffoon, but we also get to see him become have a little arc throughout the movie where it's not as this guy's dumb and he's going to stay dumb. He's just very young. He, this is a a boy. He was just birthed. So we get to see him learn things throughout the movie. And I am excited to see Will Poulter in the future. But uh, I, I thought he, I, I liked him. Didn't love him. But I was really funny in the scenes he was in. I just thought he wasn't, he didn't have enough to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but it, he wasn't supposed to. I think he was in this movie so that we can see how much power he has. And then just make... The High Evolutionary that much more powerful to give us a gauge because the High Evolutionary was able to so easily overpower Adam Warlock in that Emperor's throne chamber. He just pushes him up against the wall with his mind and then holds him there effortlessly. And this Adam is Adam Warlock is strong. He has these rocket boosters for feet, which was a very cool effect. We haven't seen a, a superhero flies because of propulsion feet. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was pretty sick. The visuals were awesome. Visuals were great in this movie, especially from the prosthetics. Right. Yeah. For the, the planet of animal people. <laughs> Holy cow. That was Co- wacky. Counter earth. Yeah. I will say that's probably the section of the movie where I laughed the most. The whole boss's uh, son joke was hilarious. Oh, so funny. That was hilarious. Oh, yeah, I got one of those on my team, too. I, oh, I mean, look at... Dude. He's... 
like just nothing gets through him. <laughs> Who's that actor? He's been a longtime friend of James Gunn. I'm blanking on his name Steven right now. Black Hole? No, that a different dude. No, yeah, he's. Oh, I'm blanking on his name, but he has been rumored to be in each one of the Guardians films, almost one time as Nova, but now he finally made it in as this guy who works on this counter Earth planet. Or it's not counter Earth. It's like this weird. Yeah, you're talking uh, about the. uh, I forget the name of it. Like fleshy, the fleshy place that they break yeah. into. Yeah, I don't really know what you call that, but everything looked amazing. Like way over the like, I don't know, man. Yeah, the way the cinematography and the set design of this movie was off the charts. I love so how close. just creative and just out there James Gunn is. Any other uh, creator could throw stuff on the screen like that, and I'd be sketched out. I'd be hesitant towards buying into it, but it's James Gunn. He's just this. This is where he thrives, and this is a s- section of the universe that he created, and it's so fun to watch him play in it. But what I want to talk about: can we highlight uh, Rocket Raccoon just as a character? Just gonna say that, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. And his animal buddies. No, I was gonna like that. The whole flashback sequences because I want to highlight that because it does take up a good portion of the movie, but not without purpose. That whole thing centers what's going on during the present time, I guess you could call it, as it flashes back to Rocket's past, and you see how he grew up. All those little references that he made in 1 and 2, and even in the other movies, you see it all play out there. And it's not... I mean, if you're a pet lover, get ready to be hurt in this movie. How'd your wife feel? Because... Did it hurt her? She's not really that type of person. not that kind. But I can see someone who like really loves like pets have a real problem. Not problem, but just like be, oh man. Because even there were some scenes I where it. I was like, yeah. oh my goodness. I definitely crap. felt it. <clears throat> like the moment, I mean, this is a pretty big moment, but when uh, the high evolutionary comes in and he brings out the otter, I forget in her name, and they're about Lila. to escape. Lila. Lila. And boom, he shoots her. Yeah. And it's so, in that moment in the theater, you're like, a silence across the whole theater and she just drops like there was so much emotion delved up in those flashback sequences Mm -hmm. it was beautiful oh that wasn't her first appearance in linda carlini yeah yeah yeah. she was laura barton Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's who she played and uh she's been with james gunn from the scooby-doo films way back when Who'd she play? She plays uh, uh, Thelma. No, mm-hmm. uh, Velma. Yeah, Velma. Does she really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Huh. It, yeah, you can definitely tell like who James Gunn always brings on his projects. Like Sean Gunn, the one guy who plays the work boss guy. Her now. Nathan there's Fillion. Also, Nathan Fillion, that's his name. That's the name I was looking for. Uh, there's also this other... Um, D. Bradley Baker. <sighs> Dude, yeah. I know this. Oh, it's more Morb. Yeah, no, not Morb. <laughs> Dude, Morb. That's awesome. No, yeah. What what you want, like, when a backstory is revealed, you want anytime you go back and watch that character in previous scenes, you want it to hit even harder. Mm. And that's exactly what this ending does for Rocket. You go back to those early scenes. Anytime you see him, all all you can see now is his backstory and what he's been through. And now when you see him flying the Milano and the Benatar and... Guardians 1 and 2, or even in Infinity War, an endgame, you just, that was his dream. 
be with his friends and fly away together. And that's what he ended up doing. It's so cool just to see uh, James Gunn's character work come in. And it's fun to see someone genuinely love characters. Because that's something that the MCU has been lacking. A love of character. Yep. Right? And we, we, we were very excited for this movie, but we were also very scared because once this movie comes out, and it did, what's next? Who are our characters now? Who do we love? We love Spider-Man, right? But who else? Who Wanda, but she's kind of down for the count right now. I mean, we love Loki. Mm-hmm. I'm always a Doctor Strange stan. Right. Doctor Strange, always... he's got three eyes now. What's going on with but that? Th- you just well, can't, right, though, can't I, deny I get, the impressive yeah. character work from James Gunn and just how... It, the most surprising part of this movie, no one dies. Not a single Guardian Rocket goes down. dies for a little bit, but he's back. That may be the biggest surprise that this movie could have pulled on me. Dave I Batista was, was yeah. so insistent, like, oh yeah, this is a huge send-off for Drax. I'm but done. he's not even dead. He's a dad. He's not dead. Drax he's a the dad. dad. Yeah. Yeah. He added an, an E in there. <laughs> the, way they, the way they just ended off each character, which I will say this, Star-Lord He's not done. The legendary Star Wars no, will return. The, yeah, the post credit scene. He's coming back, man. In what way? I have no idea. Because it is cool. You go back, because I watched like all the interviews leading up to the release of this movie. You go back, all the other actors are like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, Dave Bautista was done. Uh, Gamora, who plays Gamora, Zoe Saldana, she yeah. said she's done. But Chris Pratt, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm open to returning if the story's there. So that's cool that that he's he's still on board of common. I know uh, Karen Gillan plays Nebula. She loves the MCU, so she wants to stay around. I hope she does. She's she really. But what, she was great. what was yeah. cool to me is a lot of what the what the MCU movies have been doing is they've closed doors and then they set up kind of a new story. Where I look at it and I think that's kind of dumb. Yeah. But to me, the post credit, the second post credit scene where you see the new Guardians lineup. I look at that team, oh, and you got Rocket at the head, and you got Big Groot, and then you got Sean Gunn, and uh, the new character. Can you look up who that new character was? The girl. The girl. Yeah, she's some. Oh, um, she's like uh, Captain Marvel esque, but and then you see Will Poulter's Adam Warlock and Rocket at the center of it. I look at that team, and I go, I'd watch that movie. It looks like a fun movie. Basically, what you're saying is. This time, Marvel <laughs> set up something interesting. They closed the door on something that I love, but they left the door open for more things that I'm open to. Mm-hmm. Which I, because end, end game ends, and you're sitting there, all right, Tony, Cap, they're gone. What's next? Yeah. You don't know. This, you know. Like, we still don't know who our Avengers are now, but now we know who the new Guardians are if they were to show up in Kang Dynasty. Hmm. 23,000 prosthetics across over a thousand actors. That's mm. crazy. Yeah. I mean, all of that went to that cross earth animal. Man. Counter earth. I can't yeah. find the, the, the name of the girl in the new Guardians, but she's probably going to be part of our Did new Google it? our new Avengers. It's hard to find stuff on Guardians 3 right now. Uh, Guardians 3, new. She's two. some Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel girl. adjacent character. I forget yeah. his name. Yeah. Phyla Vell. Phyla Vell. That's Phyla it. Phyla Vell. Yeah. Hmm. Sweet. Never even heard of that character. Yeah, I haven't either. Uh, but you know what? Guardians 3 set many firsts for the MCU. 
Mm. And one of those firsts also begins with an F. <laughs> Uh-huh. First F bomb, yeah. First F bomb in the MCU, guys. What are we I, sure about that? Yeah. Yes. There yeah, was a partial F bomb. The beginning there was a, a mouthed F bomb in another movie. Or in um a Moon Knight, I think. A full on F bomb. This, this is, is a the full first on, one. no censored, no sp- cut off. The Spider Man movies end with him uh you know. They never fully say yeah, it. Yeah, never fully say it. This has the whole k- at the end. <laughs> the what? <Wow. laughs> huh. Interesting. I will say this. It kind of was like, huh. It didn't really feel like it, it definitely wasn't in the script. Yeah, and it was more of a, that. like a it was on the day. James Gunn was like, it'd be more funny if you say it right here. But Let's here's the it. thing, like you can use an F bomb at any point in the movie. And we just talked about this. Yeah. Uh or actually for those of you watching this now, you can wait till Monday, I We're guess. We're going to talk We're about it. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where we talk about in our X-Men First Class podcast how you have Days of Future Past. Yeah, right, right. Not, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Time's mixing up. Yeah. I, I get it, I get it. It's it's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I feel like it could have been you. Like, when he said it, I was like, oh. Okay. You know, it was yeah, kind of just Ethan, the... Ethan Tashman in the theater is like, it's coming up. It's coming up. This is the scene. I'm like, huh? What? Who? <laughs> I, I watched all the promotional stuff, so I, I I knew that was coming. So Guardians three just passed a hundred mil. How far do you think it'll get? Wait, wait, what? Hundred million? Just passed a hundred million dollars. Box it? Up. Yes. How far do you think it'll get? No, it had like a one fourteen opening on, weekend. World, look at the worldwide gross debuts to a hundred and. Oh, wait. That was day <laughs> yeah. one. Hold okay. on. <laughs> Hold on. Because there's no way it's that low. So right you're now. saying how high is this going to go? Yeah, how high is I this going to go? I think whereas the other Marvel movies we've seen, they've dipped. 289 mil. Right. They've dipped like Ant-Man opened and then had like the biggest drop in MCU history from weekend one to weekend two. I think mm-hmm. this will be pretty solid because word of mouth will spread that, hey, hey, guys, this one's a good one. This is a good one. And if you love the first two, you'll love this one closes out their stories and it really is a big punch like uh, did and did you guys cry at all during this movie i did yeah yeah did where'd you cry I tinkled i mean it twinkled <laughs> in my tinkled. <laughs> <laughs> whoa i did Dang, have man. to i drank a mountain dew right before this movie and it was about 10 Oof. minutes into the movie i had to go oh had to go so bad but you know i i'm a real movie fan i don't leave during the, the movie i had to wait it out both both post-credit scenes, so I could barely wow. walk after seeing this movie. But I really? that didn't affect. That didn't affect. <laughs> it's true. You did race out of the theater after we were done <laughs> as fast as I could. Huh? That is barely fair. walk. But Mike, answer the question. Where did you cry? Um, I teared up around the the time when when Rocket was going in and out of consciousness. Mm. How he was. In his little uh, heaven, you know. I, oh, I could join you. I could, and then not yet. And oh man, the 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 part in the trailer that was revealed where Peter is like screaming, crying, and there's that little bit yeah. of a spit flying yeah. out of another. Yeah. I knew that I would cry at that moment yeah. in the movie. And oh, and he picks up Rocket <laughs> a little bit, and he's like shaking while rocking back and <laughs> rocking back and forth a little bit. <laughs> oh, that was that was rough for me, especially because. I lost my cat two years ago. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Rockets the same kind of fur. There yeah. you go. Mm. 
Stay home for me. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So I, it, it kind of, I was thinking about it the next day. I was like, this movie changes the perspective of pain and suffering in, in movies. So we see people suffering all the time. We see people in torture. We see people getting beat up, but it doesn't have the same impact. If we switch it to an animal, hmm. I feel like it's more amplified. <laughs> You're saying you care more about the pain of animals than the pain of humans. I think that we've been desensitized to people being beat up oh, in movies compared to animals being right. beat up in movies. That's a fair we point. We still cry yeah. when Marley dies and oh, Marley and me. Interesting. We still cry when Rocket almost dies in Guardians 3. But yeah. when people when people die in a different trilogy... You I mean, really have to be attached to the character yeah. to feel that emotion. But if you're it's an animal, we all we all automatically we've like, all had pets at points mm-hmm. in our life. Or do you have a dog? We know the feeling no. of I had one for four months <laughs> when I was <laughs> very young, but then we gave it away. <laughs> it didn't work out. Nope. I'm sorry. It just uh, what it I live flew with away you. together one last time. Uh, last I think time. we end of the forever and beautiful sky. Yep. Yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> That line was good too. So yeah, with these Guardians movies, a big thing and a big focus is the the soundtrack. What do we think of the soundtrack? Weaker than the other two. Volume three. Yep. Weaker. I'm gonna say yeah. weaker. Hundred percent. I think that even Rubber Band Man in Infinity War pulled more weight than this whole soundtrack. Anything hmm. in this soundtrack? I, think I can't that even name. Creep one was a weird selection for the first song. It made sense story wise. But the context behind, yeah, the, but the the context behind the song "Creep" and how it is in culture today, it's just kind of a weird selection. Uh, it was cool to see them kind of catch up to the two thousands, and then they play that uh, that one song. I can't remember it, but overall, I'm not gonna go back and listen to these songs again. Yeah, definitely the most like uh, scattered. S- soundtrack of the three. It was a highlight of the first two movies. Yeah, the- I bought those two sa- uh, cassette decks or cassette tapes, and I played those a ton. I love those, and the way that they were able to connect the songs to the movie, yeah, was awesome. So you see, in the first movies, you've got um, Brandy, where Brandy's a great one. Brandy's a it sums up all of Guardians two. The plot where um, ego. Falls in or the the girl on Earth falls in love with the alien dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Ego really liked her, but uh, then he sails away, leaves her with the kid, goes off to right. his whatever, does whatever. Yeah. So even the score for this one was not up to par. Music not so great. That's definitely. I'm a fan. A I liked I it. Maybe it's because I watched all the trailers and I was already playing the music before I got accustomed mm-hmm. to it, so I was ready when it played in the. Okay, in the, the score. That's fair. Yeah, even the even the score was not that great either. Uh, well, usual I'm, partner Tyler Bates, who did the first and second one, did not come back and compose the third one. I'm blanking on his name, but I believe he did uh, Sunshine. But either way, <laughs> like Mario Sunshine. This was no. This was <laughs> not in the music department, at least for me. It was not the best. John Murphy. They go grow John on Murphy. That's they what, go grow on people. And that's fair. I like they did the can. Suicide Squad. It's uh, yeah. And th- Days of Future Past. Ooh. He he did the trailer music for it. Trailer music. I was gonna say John Ottoman did the main music yeah. for that. Again, Days of Future Past podcast coming Monday. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. 
No, yeah, I think it's. I agree. It's the weakest of the three. I still enjoy a lot of the needle drops. How do you feel about the to to kind of keep this moving? Why do you feel about the finale? Kind of where they get everyone off the ship and Quill almost dies. They do a couple fake outs. They do the fake out with Rocket, and then they do a fake out with Quill. Drax and too. Drax too. Yeah. So they the lead up to this movie, they really bought James Gunn and all the promotional stuff. Really bought you in. Yeah, someone's dying. So any fake, I normally hate fake out deaths. I do. But when the alternative is this character I love is dead, I'm all right with it. <laughs> I am. <laughs> so I I think that it worked for the moments that they Peter were Peter went back to get the MP3 player, froze in space. Adam Warlock flies out, saves him, does a little, uh, a little Jesus touch, <laughs> <laughs> like in the painting, yeah. and then flies him back in. He's all swollen. Right. It was gross. And then he just <laughs> is fine the next scene. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I thought it worked. I loved my favorite scene. Can I go to favorite scene? I loved. Yeah. I, if not for the rocket scene, I would have cried when he reunited with his grandpa. Mm. The way he really? got up out of that chair, and th- that that was one of the most genuine facial expressions I'd seen. I don't know if it was just because of what was going on around. Everything was so happy, and then all of a sudden we get this. Reunion. I, I like how it was built up earlier in the movie where he was saying, oh, he, he probably doesn't remember me. He, he Whatever. Yeah. He, he doesn't care. But he did care. He, did and care. He, yeah. he got out of his chair. He was just so happy to see I it. thought that was great because I just watched, rewatched the first Guardians movie. And yeah, you do get his mom passes away. And then second movie, you get Ego. Mm-hmm. But the guy he who is with... Quill comforting him in that opening scene in the first Guardians is his grandpa and we never see from him again so I thought it was really nice that uh, they put it on Quill's heart to go back and I like that he said that me it didn't it didn't like I liked the scene but it didn't like draw that emotional side out of me but yeah. I did listen to another podcast where the, this guy said he was bawling in the theater at that yeah, scene so really good yeah I think I, I think I got a little tinkled <laughs> in my seat a little bit tinkled, tinkled in the seat <laughs> Ben you got a favorite scene uh, I would say my favorite scene is the rocket raccoon sequence yes. where he finds rocket. out that yes, indeed, he is a raccoon. Oh, he's got little babies. And rocket he raccoon. even says it. I'm rocket, rocket raccoon. I'm a freaking guardian of the galaxy. Freaking guardian. Of course, of the he's the best character in the movie. I yeah. don't think we need to do best characters. No, but, but he's great. That that was definitely my favorite part of the movie when he name dropped it name drops in superhero films can go really bad or really good this one was really good this because th- they set it up so well mm-hmm. the whole trilogy and even in uh infinity war when i think uh what uh thor calls him a trash panda yeah. is that right yeah, yeah. They, they're setting up that this guy's a raccoon and he just won't accept it even in that dream sequence it ends with him hugging lila and she calls him a raccoon and he says i'm not a raccoon and then the second second later, he does realize, I am a raccoon. Mm. That's okay. I like how everyone in this movie has a realization and change of character. There isn't a single character that I can think of that doesn't find out who they are throughout the course of this movie. Mm-hmm. Drax finds out he's more of a dad than a destroyer. Mantis is more of a, a helper, right? She needs to be on her own. She needs to lead her own thing. Same thing with Nebula. Same right. thing with Nebula. Same thing with Rocket. And then, um, uh, yeah, everyone gets their their moment. Star-Lord needs to take a back seat. He needs to go back to Earth, take some time. 
I uh, hmm. since you tuned your favorites, I'll do yeah. the, I'll do mine. Uh, the the hall the hallway sequence, the one take, the the oh that was sick. No sleep till Brooklyn. Like yeah. that that song was just in the Mario movie earlier this month, which also has Chris Chris Pratt. So it's cool to see it used here, but used in a way where it is just the scene is awesome. The no way it's shot is the way that each character gets their moment to shine in that scene. And they all, you, you see their unique fighting styles come out. It's like what? Three minutes, maybe the sequence, the whole time I was just sitting there mouth open just Holy in awe of, of what they did with it i think i said to you at the end i'm like dang they hired the daredevil guys to do that <laughs> action sequence that was an epic one take hallway sequence man very very cool but it, you have you just keep cutting from character to character and then you have quill throwing the things on the the guys and then zooms in his hand he clicks it they it really cool really well done so as far as guardians movies go where does this fall after having, I would say, four days to think about it? Where does this fall one, two, and three? As of right now, we have not it's reached them in our Marvel movie time. marathon. So, but this this means yeah, nothing. What right. you're saying, our Marvel movie marathon is definitive. This is worse because recently, but, but well, to me, this is my favorite. It is. I love the way that they wrap up the stories, and it just has a good. It it does get a little hectic in certain points, but. To me, just the I love the endings. It's just really satisfying to me. And what what a good okay. ending does is you track back, you go back to the start, you can rewatch it, know where it's building to, and love it even more. You go back, watch that first Guardians movie. You see Drax, who's that whole movie just wants to kill Ronan because he killed his wife and his son, or daughter, mm. and then Drax the dad at the end. Yeah, I like how Drax is actually. Redeemed in the fact that he's smart <laughs> in this movie too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He knows a language that nobody else stupid. thought to ask him about. Right. Not so stupid anymore, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Where does it fall for you, Mike? Is this the best one? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to. I'm going to be rewatching one, two, and holiday special before I watch three again on Saturday because Rebecca has not seen any of the other Guardians movies, but wants to see Guardians 3. Hmm. So I will guys, I will let you guys know on Monday when we cool. record our Guardians That's cast. epic. Good. Yeah. Perfect timing for that. Definitely yeah. not uh, worse than Holiday Special, that's for sure. I can guarantee that Holiday Special is probably the worst out of them just because that's it's real. I'm and, talking trilogy, one, two, yeah. and three. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Okay. Don't know. All right. Good answer. I but can't. I love that yeah, this like just that. isn't blatant. Like It's too difficult to place they're yeah. so close well i, I think, think one might be the worst just because of how uh basic some of the characters are to introduce them you know what i mean i think this is kind of like a, a lord of the rings scenario i loved where two a ton you're not wrong if you say any three yeah, yeah. Two we, we stepped out of the theater and you asked me i'm like i don't care i don't care where you put them yeah you like the second one the best I'm I'm with you. You like the first one the best. I'm with you. You like the third one the best. I'm yep. with you. As long, as long as we can agree that they're all just really solid films. If you guys had to throw out a score, oh, but have you have you ranked it yet? Have you said which one? I, you like yes, best? I do have. I well, you're I a two guy. A aren't you? I'm a Guardians two guy. Yeah, as okay. of right now, I do like Guardians but, two. I love the soundtrack. Love the story. Everything. Yeah. I see you guys all rated this on Letterboxd. I did, yeah. Did we? Yes. All three of us? And uh, Ethan, you and I gave it the same score. What do we give it? We gave it a four and a half. Okay. So if Which we double that. to a nine? That's a nine. 
I'll give it a nine. I'd say roughly around a nine for me. What about you, Ben? I, you gave I, it a four. I think 8.5 8. is 8. what 5? I gave it. Yeah. Okay. Really solid movie. Really solid. Right. And I... I'm just so excited to just own this as a trilogy one I'm day. I'm so excited to own the Steelbook. Get a box yeah. set or it's whatever. It's going to be beautiful Steelbook. My favorite take yeah, on this is. movie before we close out is uh, Shafrilis' take on, on Letterboxd saying that it makes Thor Love and Thunder look like a preschooler made it. Yeah. And it really does. It, it's really a wonder how I these said that characters the all appear in the same two movies. Like, the Guardians were in Thor. They're just... They just suck. Sorry, dude. You guys, Sorry you guys had to appear in this trash. Here's your epic movie now. And James Gunn was saying how he was very happy that Taika handled it like that because James Gunn said, I'm not interested in writing for Thor. I'm just not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually said in the uh, in the theater, this is like if Taika actually cared about good story writing <laughs> in Love and Thunder. And he was like, no disrespect to Taika, just full we, disrespect to Taika. He could have done disrespect, better. Absolutely. He could have done way better. Yes. We've seen him do better. 100%. We have, we have. Yeah, still, still a good filmmaker, but Thor: yes. Love and Thunder wasn't it, man. I agree. You needed to do way better on that one. Fortunately, though, we got a great movie in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I think we're all happy. If you are still watching and listening, type your thoughts below. I'd love to know what you guys think about it. Is it the best Guardians movie? I don't know. We're certainly not the end all be all. That's what Marvel Movie Marathon is for. That's the end all be all yeah, right there. Right. The Hollywood but, Reporter. Right? I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Oh boy. <laughs> Did you like this movie? Did you not? Let us know in the comments below. I think. Mostly it's positive. Everyone I've seen here, yeah, I like it. It's a good movie. There's no it's Which nice. Is really nice. It's refreshing. It's it really refreshing is. that everyone is just like, this is good. We got out of Ant Man. We got out of like almost every Marvel movie. It feels like us three, we get out of a movie. Like, we had to make like, some conventions like to right. yeah. say it was good. What? Well, yeah. Yeah. It's nice just to everyone yeah. at leaving the theater enjoyed it. Mm. Which it hasn't been that way in a while. No. It not has since not. No Way Home. Yeah, Those even unfortunately, times. Doctor Strange, people were going out of it. No, they were yeah. saying, I didn't really like that. Very mixed. Yeah, we are a far cry, gentlemen. It's it's been a long time since. Steadily, every year we got at least two Marvel projects time. that was just great and perfect. So yeah, and as far, I mean, we'll touch on it briefly, but Kang Dynasty, they left it out of this movie. They didn't care. Good, no multiverse Which stuff. I like because all of James Gunn's movies have been self-contained. Postcarded scenes included, so I'll just for his movie and then the next movie. I like that because it, it keeps it bottled. It keeps it in its own universe, and then it will play weird when in years from now you want to watch a trilogy and oh Gamora, what happened to her? Yeah. That's the whatever. It, it's for a bigger no, story. And what do you mean, Mantis is Peter's sister? What does that right, mean? Right, right. Because that was in the holiday special. Well, I mean, it was in the holiday special, but you don't. It doesn't take. Albert Einstein to recognize that they both have the same father. So yeah, you got to do is think about it and then, Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> all I got to do is be smart and have the knowledge of over 30 films. You know, that's not that hard, you know, right, guys. but yeah, it, this was a great time at the movies guys. I'm certainly happy that this is so our next, the next MCU project the Marvels, baby. In as far <laughs> the as most movies disliked go, yeah, Marvel YouTube trailer of all time. Oh, wow. Okay, trolls, hundred percent guilty of that, but can't say I'm the most excited about that. Movie. A good movie, Wait, is a good is movie, Marvels? make a good movie. When is the Marvel? Hundred percent. Think it's November second. What about Spider-Man across? Oh, I guess that's not 
MCU. Spider-Man Across the uh, Spider-Verse is our next thing. June 2nd. June 2nd. Secret Invasion. Don't forget about Secret that Invasion. One. Loki Season 2 is supposed to be mid-2023. So we're going to peak not mid. in mid-2023. Yeah. Hopefully it's not. Don't have a date on that yet. Craven the Hunter, October 6th. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Dude, genuinely, that's not a movie. I'm just so excited to see. That's James Arnold Taylor, right? Is James, it? James Aaron Taylor. James, oh, James Aaron, Aaron Taylor. Taylor Johnson. James yeah. Aaron, Arnold Taylor is different. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Obi-Wan. Russell Crowe. Oh, man. We got to Is we, he playing? We've been podcasting for too long. All right. It's all right. This is the end of the cast. People don't care. No, yeah. No one I've, listens this far, Ben. That's Sergey. If you didn't listen this far, leave a comment. Thank Ooh, you. No, um, the Rhino. We do appreciate you listening for this long, though. Yeah, thank you so a much. Shout guys. out Zach Schultz. It you is a shout out right <laughs> here. It is very epic. But otherwise, this has been Rayside. This is Micah Hat. <laughs> this is Ethan Wenslaw. A sigh. Signing <laughs> off. We all hope you have an absolutely fantastic day.